Hey guys, we'll get to the second half of my Dale Scott conversation in just a minute, but I wanted to set something up for you right off the top here. The second half of this episode is devoted to the Jose Batista bat flip game, where Dale Scott was the home plate umpire. And we jump right into the action, so I wanted to give you just a little bit of context to set it up just right. This was Game 5 of the 2015 American League Division Series, which means it was an elimination game. The Rangers had won the first two games in Toronto, and the Blue Jays returned the favor in Texas. So this one was for all the marbles. And it was going into the top of the seventh inning after Toronto had just tied it up on an Edwin Encarnacion home run in the bottom of the sixth. So already getting super tense and dramatic. So the situation we're talking about is two outs, top of the seventh inning. Rufnet Odor, the go-ahead run, is on third base for the Rangers. Shin Su Chu is batting for the Rangers, and Russell Martin, the Blue Jays catcher, on a regular throw back to the pitcher, hits Chu's bat, and the ball careens toward third base. And as I say in the episode, as I was watching this in real time, my first thought was, it's a dead ball. And Dale Scott, for a moment, agreed in real time. He was waving timeout as the ball went into play, but it turns out there's a very obscure rule in the baseball rulebook that says if a catcher does this specific thing and the ball hits a bat where the batter is not deliberately trying to interfere with it, the ball is in play. Odor, the runner on third, takes off for home immediately and scores the go-ahead run. And I think you'd agree, as ways to lose a potential elimination game go, that's really shitty. So that is only the beginning of just how batshit insane this inning gets. Like, If you have an hour's worth of time, I invite you to go on YouTube and watch it. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, the entire seventh inning takes one full hour, or to put it in another way, three Pedro Baez pitches. So this is the Three Strikes You're Out podcast, the Outsports Baseball podcast, episode number 64, the Emilio Bonifacio episode. My name is Ken Schultz, contributing writer to Outsports Baseball Prospectus, comedian and fan of precisely one umpire going forward. Like, if I could buy an MLB number five umpire jersey at this point, I totally would. Incidentally, the very next season, Rufnet Odor famously punched Jose Bautista in the face at second base. And we presume it's because it was in retaliation for the bat flip, but I think we all know that it's probably because Rufnet Odor is literally the only person on earth that Jose Bautista never followed on Twitter. Anyway, here is the second half of a very entertaining conversation with Dale Scott, coming up after the TWIB theme. So there's no real good way to transition from something like that into uh, catcher framing, but hell, let's go for it. Well, I, I came out. Now let's talk about outs on the field. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't there enough when the Cubs are pitching? Jesus Christ. But a boom, yeah. Yeah. Um, so catcher framing is my least favorite skill in the entire sport. It, it There is nothing that drives me more, just more insane throughout the season than watching, especially now that they have strikes on box, which I'm sure drives you nuts as a professional umpire on the screen for every game. But seeing those pitches like two inches off the corner and seeing them, seeing someone get the call like that, someone like Yadi Molina, for instance. And uh, so a cardinal, yeah, of course. I mean, of, of course, he gets brought up because apparently that makes him a Hall of Famer in some way, whatever. Uh, but I want to ask, and this, this is kind of before digging into how much I hate it. What does framing look like from a plate umpire's perspective? Why does it work? Well, first of all, it doesn't. 
Okay, mm. let me let me let me let me tell you about. For, I think this could be one of the most um, overhyped, um, uh, you know, t- talked about things or whatever. I, it, let me let me give you a little background. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I broke in uh, back in the covered wagon days, um, <laughs> the best. King Kelly was sliding around the bases. <laughs> now we got to make our train hurry. Um, uh, uh, the best catcher that received the ball that made pitches look good was Bob Boone that I ever worked, mm-hmm. worked behind. I didn't work behind him very, very many years because he retired, you know, after, you know, after I'd been up for a little bit, but he, he could practically make every pitch look good. I mean, the way he received the ball, but it's not framing it. it I, it's almost like, I like to call it massaging the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and first of all, uh, any catcher that could receive the pitch and receive the ball and make everything, you know, look decent, uh, has very strong wrists and our, our, and our, our, when I say massaging, they're not, they're not boom, you know, and, and moving like, like this framing they're, they're taking a pitch and just, they're just, you know, the way they catch it uh, in a, in a, in a very uh, slight, um, a natural kind of move. It's hard to explain here, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with no video and that kind of thing. But he 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 would take a, a a pitch that's borderline on the knees. He wouldn't catch it down here like this. He would catch it up here and massage. And and it it makes that pitch look better than what it was mm-hmm. uh, on the outside. It makes that pitch look better than what it was. Um, but that's that's not. I, I get. I mean, if you want to call it framing, but that's not what we're talking. There's very few guys in the big leagues all through my career, but certainly that are playing now that have that, um, that, that the art of, of, of being able to massage a pitch, receive a, a receiver that receives pitches, um, so, uh, gracefully. And so, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, not, not, I don't mean nonchalant, but just, they, they just make everything look good. And I, it's hard, it's hard to explain, but there's, but there, it's a talent that not everybody has. Um, uh, and, and very few are, are, are outstanding at it. He was one of the best, but um, uh, you know, any pitcher, any pitcher should, should demand catchers uh, at least uh, some of these well uh, compensated and, 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 you know, all-star type caliber catchers uh, for various reasons. But a lot of them are not good receivers of the baseball. They do not catch the ball very well. And, and when they do frame one, it's so obvious to the umpire. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I've got a borderline pitch coming in and I, I see this jerky motion or this, or this uh, 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 accelerated motion type thing to, to, you know, to bring it, bring it back toward the plate or, 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 you know, off the ground or whatever. All that tells me is obviously you thought it was bad too. You know, that, that's, that's all it tells me. You, you, what you're telling me is I've got a close pitch that I'm trying to de- decide one way or the other. And then you do that. Okay. It's a ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't framed a strike. You just framed a ball. Uh, um, and, and, and it, it, I find it, I find it insanely ridiculous that, that, that they think that this, Oh, this will fool the guy. This no way he's going to see this. I mean, you know, um, you know, now can, can a guy like I talked about Bob Boone or a guy that had that talent uh, take, which take pitches that technically are not strikes and, and get strikes. Absolutely. But it's not because there are, this uh, this great uh, all American framing that we hear about it's because uh, it, you know I, I don't know what you want to call it but to me like I said earlier it's a massa- you're massaging and receive you're a good receiver you're not just a catcher 
you're a receiver and you make everything look good. And there's, it's a talent that only uh, very few are, are really good at. And uh, as a pitcher, you would, you know, there are some catchers. I, I, I mean, they, they, they literally take pitches away. Mm-hmm. Uh, those some borderline pitches away from a, from a pitcher throughout a game by their sloppiness or by their, by their uh, lack of, of, uh, of, of receiving the ball properly. So the discussion, you know, it seems like, I mean, you've heard about framing for years, whatever. It seems like in the last few years, it's just blown up. Like it's just this thing that happens and it just fools everyone. And then, and my goodness, these guys are, some of these guys are just outstanding. Are there better receivers than others? Absolutely. Are there, are there some receivers that, that are definitely going to uh, be on the plus side, you're going to get more strikes than balls uh, during the course of a game. Absolutely. But there's a ton of guys you're going to get more balls and strikes because they are so not good at it. Hmm. And, and, and the, the stereotypical um, uh, designate or uh, um, when they talk about framing is to me is, 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 uh, is taking a pitch away because it's, it's just, it's, so, I mean, I've seen guys, I've seen guys, you know, they just jerk that glove in like, well, he won't, you know, he won't, but that'll fool him. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, it, it's, it's, we are so focused on the pitch. When I see him do that, it's, it's pretty obvious. Right. And, and it's like, well, if you're doing that, well, yeah. I mean, I've had guys, I've had guys, if they had just stuck it and just don't even do it, just stuck, they're probably going to get the pitch. It's, you know, it's clean. They're probably going to get it, but they do that little thing. And now they won't, you know, they're taking pitches away. I mean, just, just catch the ball, receive the ball and, and, and don't try to get too fancy. And I, and I just think it's an overblown thing that I think a lot of people think it, it's just the greatest thing ever that, that really, um, uh, you know, fools umpires and gets a ton of strikes. And it just, I, I just don't believe that. It's, yeah, I, I think part of why it's overblown, uh, and believe me, I agree substantially that it's overblown, is because that over the past maybe five or ten years, we've figured out ways to quantify, uh, I, I guess quantify, well, I'm just going to use catcher framing as a term because that's what perspective right. is to throw it out there. And because we can kind of measure its impact on the game now, that it's it's kind of become like this this thing that used to be kind of talked about in vague terms that now is talked about in numbers and right. that always accepts. everything's a stat everything's a stat right yeah and i'm i'm the biggest baseball nerd there is so i i normally get into stats but what you're describing to me is interesting because what i hear is that the thing that has the biggest effect on you as a plate umpire is not any like presentation or anything it's, it's the effortlessness of it so it's almost like if you can make catching look completely natural that's going to have the best impact on your pitcher that day well anytime anytime you make unnecessary movements um it, it, it it's it's it doesn't it's it rarely is that in your favor okay mm-hmm. it rarely is that a plus for you and your pitcher you know it, usually it's a, it's a minus and and like i said you, you know if you set up and and, and you set outside crindy and did it hit the did it not i mean it's really close if you just stick that you're you know you're going to have a much better chance to get just sticking that pitch and not trying to fool anybody mm-hmm. uh, but just catch it and receive it well uh you know uh um uh, you have a much better chance of getting that just doing that than trying to make that little motion or that little last minute ditched effort to, 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 to make it look like it was over the plate. Because now all that, all that does is tell me you didn't like that pitch, mm-hmm. that pitch, that true pitch to you was a ball. So you're trying to make me think it wasn't. And guess what? You did the opposite. You know, <laughs> you did, you did something that, 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 and of course all this happens very quickly, but you did something that, that you 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 may have gotten a, gotten a strike on, and now you're definitely going to get a ball on because you just mm-hmm. took it away. And and you you do hear announcers or somebody say, "Wow, that pitch, boy, he 
you know, he made that look good. And, and, and sometimes they do, they do, they make it look really good. But a lot of times they make pitches, look, good pitches look bad or, yeah. or, or borderline pitches look bad. So um, they can, you know, they can take catcher, catchers more often take pitches away because there's, there's not, there's more often guys that are not good receivers than there are good receivers. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, uh, and so, and, and as a pitcher, it's gotta be frustrating as hell sometimes because, uh, you know, we're a borderline pitch and, 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 you know, in the course of a game, a starter might have a, you know, depending on how, how, how deep in the, in the game he goes, but he might have four or five, six pitches that could have gone either way, but didn't go your way just because your catcher, your receiver is not a very good receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now I, I can already hear people say, well, if it's enough strike zones to strike him, it's out, it's out. And why does it matter? Well, yeah, that's true. But I'm talking about these pitches that quite, I mean, let's be honest. There are, you know, outside, inside knee. I mean, there are pitches that can go either way. They're that close. They, 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 you know, so, so don't bring attention to them. Don't bring attention to them. Like, cause when you do that, that that's just telling me that you, obviously you don't think that's a very good pitch. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's just an overblown uh, BS topic, me personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I am completely on board with the fact that it's bullshit and I, I would love <laughs> it to be even more bullshit going forward. But, uh, as uh, one more question before we jump to the next topic, but as, as an umpire um, and I'm not talking about calls that are just kind of on or off the corner, but if a catcher boxes one where it's kind of well within the square of the strike zone, but the, he boxes it to the point where you call it a ball. And then afterwards you realize, oh, it, whether, whether it's in your report or if you see footage of it, you realize, oh, that was a strike. Do, do you still feel kind of bad as an umpire because that is your strike zone? Uh, and even though this guy screwed something up for you, it's still kind of, it, it makes you feel bad for messing up a call like that? Well, you know, you have a couple of different scenarios. You, you might have a guy that's setting up way outside and the pitcher throws inside and actually throws a good pitch on the inside mm -hmm. corner. Time, but the catcher's coming way over across his body or, or, you know, it's not where he's set up at. Yeah. And, um, and so it, lo it looks, even though it's a good pitch, it looks bad, you know, because he's, he's, he's he, you know, he's not hitting spots or whatever. Uh, and then you have the, the guy that just doesn't, even a, a you know, down the middle strike just for whatever maybe he's, maybe he's crossed up but maybe he's just lazy lazy on that pitch or just whatever and he and he just kind of butchers what what was a really fine pitch you know when i was first coming up if 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 a catcher set up one way and had to go all the way over whatever or or, or, or box something and just kind of knocked it down and looked like an idiot uh, and didn't catch it cleanly a lot of times you just called it a ball that's a ball mm -hmm. you know and 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 that was just kind of accepted didn't mean it was right it just was that's just kind of the way it was but that philosophy has changed quite a bit. I mean, you know, <laughs> I remember uh, Mark McGuire is like his first or second year in Oakland. And we were, we had Oakland and Baltimore. LaRusso was managing him. And uh, there was a, that type of pitch where, where, where the catcher set up, I don't know, way inside or whatever it was, but he went across his body to catch this ball. The ball was not anywhere cl close to where the catcher wanted it, but it was over the plate. It was, it was a good pitch. And I, and I, I called him out on strikes <laughs> and it, you know, it looked bad because the catcher's all over himself trying to catch it. And, and it just didn't look like a smooth, beautiful strike, but um, it, it was, it was, it was a pretty bonafide strike. It wasn't, you know, borderline at all. In, anyway, uh, you know, McGuire kind of looked at me and, and you know, this puzzled look and kind of, you know, he didn't really say anything and he walked off and I, <laughs> I found out later, uh, you know, and La Russa, you know, saw the guy, 
you know, the catcher moving like, well, what the hell's going on? You know, like, you know, and he asked, he asked, <laughs> he told, he told me this later. Um, he asked McGuire, he goes, he goes, you know, that looked like a terrible pitch. Was that pitch way outside? He goes, no, it was a great pitch, but I didn't think he called strikes when the, when the catcher did that. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and Larissa kind of laughed. He said, well, you know, I mean, yeah. But in the your job at that point, yeah. But but there was a time there was a time that you would not give that you would not you would just call that a ball just because that's just the way it was. It's not so much anymore. Partly because we are uh, evaluated on every single pitch we call, right? And so it doesn't really matter how he catches it, or if he doesn't catch it, or if he stand on his head catching it. If it's in the zone and we call it a ball, we're going to get marked down on that pitch. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. Um, And so, so but I mean, but there (laughs) there are times that I mean there have been times that that it was butchered so badly or, or uh, so, so not where they wanted it and looked so horrible that I, I mean, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking that was a good pitch, but I balled it just because my God, <laughs> you know, work, work with me here a little bit. People have some professional respect, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. I, I absolutely do. That's uh yeah, and that, if, and that, it's completely out of control. Yeah, that, that's why I love knuckleball pitchers. Once I learned how to work them, when I first worked a few, hmm. I mean, I was like, you, I don't know. I mean, you can't hit it, you can't catch it, but by God, don't miss it. And <laughs> and you know, and, but uh, I, I from a veteran, a couple of veteran umpires that talked to me, they said, uh, "Hey, I love knuckleballs. Why? You can call anything a strike because nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> nobody knows. I mean, I, you, 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 and, and see, and, oh and, and see, a lot of times when you walk out there, especially if if you have no experience or very little experience wearing them, you 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 call everything a ball because it's just so goofy. You just, oh, that's got to be a ball. I mean, that can't be a strike. And he said, they told me, he said, listen, do the opposite. Call everything a strike. If you can get away with it, call a strike because nobody knows. And frankly, if the guy's really bouncing around, I mean, it's really dancing. At some point, it probably did enter the zone somewhere. <laughs> Tim Wakefield is an agent of chaos. Oh man, that's beautiful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that uh, that was a little uh, tidbit on on knuckleball. I went from where I hated working them to where I loved working them. You know? Yeah, I've never heard that before. That's great. I mean, I've heard the famous euchre line about catching knuckleballers. That yeah, you just kind of wait till it stops rolling and pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. From the umpire's perspective, that that's phenomenal. I mean, I've had hitters, you know, call a strike. He'll look and go, really? <laughs> he goes, yeah. I mean, cause he really doesn't quite know because it, you know, it, when a guy, when a guy has, I don't care who it is, the pitcher, whatever famous knuckleballer you want to talk about, or not, even not famous one, if, if, if it's working that day, it's, I mean, it, it, that thing dances, man. Yeah. And you, you throw in a little, little breeze or a little wind and you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, Ted Williams, one of the pitchers he least uh, liked to face was Hoyt Wilhelm back in the day, because I mean, you talk about someone who had the utmost control of the strike zone, but again, chaos theory, there is no way to plan for whatever that does, especially if it's that perfect day. Right. Right. And on the subject of chaos theory, let us jump now to Game five of the 2015 ALCS, the Jose Batista backflip game, which is uh, the game that I most associate you with. And I, I first, let me just ask, like, how does that? How do you feel about being associated with that particular? Well, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm quite famous in uh, Canada. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was, uh, you know, as, as it ended up, that was the last postseason game I ever worked. Hmm. Um, uh, in 2016, I didn't have any uh, postseason, and, and I got hurt in 17. Uh, of course, I didn't know that at the time. Um, you know, I've seen some wacky things. Uh, I've called almost 4,000 games. Um, but if uh, if you would have told me as I'm about to walk out to work the plate in a deciding game five that, oh, by the way, Dale, uh, you're going to have a rule that you've never seen. Yeah. You're going to have a protest. You're going to have two ejections. 
you're going to have several work stoppages, uh, uh, game stoppages because the fans are throwing shit on the field. Yeah, four, uh, four times. And 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 you're going to have uh, the players go after each other a couple times. Uh, I might have said, you know what? I might retire right now. You guys, you're on your own. I, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Um, you know, I've never had a protest. Mm. Um, uh, you, you know, in a game, and and I and I, and and the and you know the rule, uh, the, the uh, uh, you know uh, Russell Martin throwing the ball back and hitting the bat of of. Uh, 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 gosh, Thank you. Thank I, you. I, yeah, I couldn't, day, so couldn't remember his name. Um, who was doing nothing illegal. Uh, <laughs> you just standing there. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I had it. That happened one time. Mm. Uh, it was Molina, uh, the catcher. Uh, they're playing Kansas City. It was the first hitter of the bottom of the first with nobody on. Wow. Like after the second pitch, he just was a little lazy and threw it and, and went off the guy's bat. So, you know, nobody on nothing, you know, it was a, nothing happened, but uh, you know, he was, was like, Oh, I'm sorry. So I didn't mean to do that. And, and both, uh, you know, a little later, Malik goes, I, you know, have you ever seen that? He goes, I've never done that. I, go, I said, I've never seen that. Well, you know, mm -hmm. foreshadowed what, what happened in, in Toronto. Wow. Um, but uh, having, you know, runners on base in a, in a playoff game five, um, it was a whole different uh, scenario. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that was a unbelievable game for many reasons. Um, the crowd in Skydome or whatever it's called in Rogers center uh, was, you know, obviously uh, packed to the gills there and, you know, the roof is shut. I mean, it's just loud. Uh, these are, these are uh, lovely fans, but they're hockey fans. They've been drinking. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one, one of the guys uh, said, my God, you know, I thought Canadians were pretty you know, <laughs> nice, passive people. I said, these are hockey fans. These are <laughs> hockey fans. And they've been drinking since game four ended two days ago. So, <laughs> so in anticipation of this game. So yeah, this is, this is what happens. Um, but uh, you know, and then a seventh inning that lasted that just that one inning, yeah, uh, and, and, and the event one inning. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, yeah, and, and the events not just the bat flip and the and the and the the, the rule and all that. There was a couple of errors in that inning. There was there was a bunch of stuff that happened in that inning um, that don't normally happen. I mean, the, the Rangers just kicked the ball all over the place uh, at the bottom of the seventh to, to yeah. set up the Batista uh, uh, deal. Um, you know. Uh, you know, it was so loud. It was so intense. And, and it was, it was really, <laughs> it was really a remarkable, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're in it, you're just so focused one pitch at a time. You're, I mean, you're, you're not really thinking more broadly of, 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 wow, no, this is, this is crazy. You know, I mean, you, 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 you know, it is, but you, you, that's not even uh, near the, near the top of the list of, of things that you're uh, you know, you're thinking about. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, you just go through it. And, and of course, then when we, when we had all this and, 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 and John Gibbons, you know, he won the protest and we had the argument and, 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 you know, I, in my mind as a crew chief, I, I want to go through the protocol. There's, you know, I mean, there's, you know, when, when, when someone when manager wants to protest, there's certain, there's, you know, we have to go to the headphones. We got to make sure that the rule is correct. It had been, uh, you know, we, we had ruled on it correctly. And so, because we, you never want to protest. I mean, you may get a protest. You never want one. You would never want to lose a protest for sure. And, and, and so, uh, you want to, you know, cross, uh, cross all your T's out, all your I's and make sure that you are correct and, and that you're going to uh, be in a good shape of winning this thing. But uh, all that, all that's playing out, uh, you know, then they're throwing stuff and, uh, and, 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 you know, you know, have <laughs> a couple ejections and, uh, man, it was, uh, it was quite a day at the office, I might say. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. Like, 
already it's a game five, so you know it's going to be a big deal, and it's right. going to be mean a lot to both teams, regardless of what happens within that game. Right. And so, let alone uh, the historic nature of it is kind of dictated by the fact that it's an elimination game. Right. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the seventh inning, as you say, with this rule where uh, Russell Martin, he, just in throwing it back to the pitcher, it glances off of Shin Chu's bat. And Rufnet Odor, who's at third base, breaks for the plate and scores. And at, go, at the time go ahead watching, thinking, that's got to be a dead ball. Like it hit the bat. It's my thought is it's got to be like, you know, a foul tip or something like that. It's right. Right. Uh, well, so it surprised me. Well, it, it, it surprised me because at first I did kill the ball hmm. uh, because when it happened, uh, you know, first of all, you just don't expect it. I mean, you know, how many times does a pitcher or a catcher throw back to the pitcher? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it just millions of times that you don't expect. But we had earlier in the year had a rule, and in, 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 in the in the uh, in the in the in the chaos of the moment, um, uh, I had crossed rules. Uh, we had a rule. You know, it's a if you have a, a, a runner or runners on uh, the hitter. Um, uh, either call third strike or swing and a miss, but a, a third strike and the ball uh, gets, it's not caught and it kind of goes out in front of the catcher and, 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 the, and the hitter with no intent, no intent, but the hitter just strike three and he's starting to walk back and he, and he inadvertently hits the ball, kicks the ball hmm. or whatever. Uh, there, as long as there's no intent, boom, ball's dead. Nobody can advance. He's out, you know, boom, boom, boom. That's you don't see a lot of that either. I mean that 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 particular scenario. But uh, we had that in Milwaukee where we uh, 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 six weeks earlier or something. So so immediately when I saw the ball hit and, and glance off, my first thought was, oh well, not you know that's nobody nobody can advance the ball's you know. And then right after, I mean, I literally had my arms up. And, and now and I got to remember, Odor broke immediately. I mean, yeah. he didn't he didn't waste any time. He was on his way. And you also have to, if you remember right. The uh, Toronto was kind of in a shift, hmm. uh, so uh, uh, third baseman um, uh, used to be with Oakland uh, yeah. uh, uh, MVP. Blah blah blah. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes. He, he he was not playing normal third base position, and so what I'm trying to say is, me calling time had nothing to do with Toronto stopping and not trying to make a play on him. Mm -hmm. They had no play. Yeah. The ball was going kind of up the line and there was no fielder even near it. And Odor broke immediately and scored. So I had my arms up. I'm going, and right like a second after I had my arms up, I'm running this through my mind. I thought, oh my God, that's a live ball. That's a live ball. That's, why is this ball dead? I'm telling, I'm saying to myself as oh. I'm killing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but, but, you know, I, I, I've already done that. So I, I so I, I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, now this is what you do in those types of situations, slow down one step at a time. What do we have here? Let's, let's go through this and, and figure this thing out. Right. So, uh, you know, Bannister, Jeff Bannister, manager at Texas, you know, and he's a, a former catcher and he goes, Dale, Dale, he goes, why is that dead? He goes, I, 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 I used to catch, we had this happen in the minor leagues, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, that ball is alive. And, and I, I didn't want to just out and out say, you know, Jeff, you're right. Cause that, that's what I had, but I said, I, I said, hold on, Jeff, let me talk to the guys, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, get everybody together and, and, and you bring all five guys in. <laughs> I said, uh, and of course with the, with the hand over the mouth uh, and my microphone turned off. Uh -huh. um, I said, guys, um, I think I just screwed up here. I just killed the ball. That ball's alive. And they mm -hmm. said, yeah, that, that's alive. I said, okay. I said, uh, 
there was no way any Toronto fielder could have made a play on that on that ball if I had never called time. I mean, I mean, me calling time didn't stop anybody from doing anything um, or prevent them or whatever. It certainly didn't stop the runner. He, he was on his way. Um, and they said, no, there was no way, there's no way anybody would have got, I mean, not even got to the ball in time, let alone get it back to the catcher for a play. I said, okay. I said, well, this is what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to score this run. And, um, then, uh, I'll go ahead and handle John Gibbons and, uh, and, uh, we're going to go from there. But I, I, you know, uh, even though I killed it, I am, you know, that, that's a time where as an umpire, now, let me backtrack. If 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 uh, somebody had been close to the to the ball, if there had been a possibility of a play being made, or if Odor hadn't immediately broke and maybe had started back third, then then you know then when or, or whatever, and 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 if there was any there was any type of doubt that that uh, you know there may have been something I would have had to live with the dead ball, you know. But the fact that it was obvious and everybody knew it and I knew it that my calling time has zero to do with what happened in that play. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, technically I called time, you know, I, I you got to send the runner back, but I, you know, there's also a, it's not 901 C anymore, but it's, it's a rule that says anything that's not specifically covered in the rule book. Basically we can just call whatever we need to call. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It gives a little yeah. um, for those, uh, you know, like when a, a pitch ball hits a bird, <laughs> like Randy Johnson did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, I said, uh, you know, and I would rather take the heat getting the call right. And, 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 and because trust me, if I had said, well, it doesn't matter. I call time. I mean, that, that's the heat I don't want to take because it's hard to justify that right. even, you know? So I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to score this run and I'll take care of John and uh, strap it on boys. Cause here we go. <laughs> and get ready. For and uh, boom, I, I score the run and, and John, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, I've, I've known John a long time and, uh, you know, I get along with John and, 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 you know, he, he, he said that, that just can't happen. You know, there's just no way, there's no way that, I mean, the, the ball's dead. It's gotta be dead. You know, and this, and that. He, he wasn't arguing that uh, he, he didn't necessarily argue that, that was probably the fair thing to do or the right. He just was saying, you know, it's got, you know, we were going around and around and, and, and at one point I said, John, John, uh, do you, uh, I said, we're, you know, we're scoring this run. Uh, this is what's happening now. Do you, do you want to, do you want to stay in the game or do you want to go? Hmm. Uh, because, you know, I mean, it's the point now we're going to, we've got to move on. Okay. Yeah. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, you, I'll eject you. If you want to get ejected, that's fine. I, I understand, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's your job and <laughs> uh, whatever you need to do. I'll give you the option, but, but I'm not going to stand here and just talk about it anymore. You know? Well, that's when he said, well, I, he goes, no, he goes, I want to stay in the game. I said, okay, well, we're going to go. He goes, I want to, I, I'm going to protest. I said, I said, well, what are you protesting? He goes, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the general said, unfairness of life, man. I'm just, I am, I'm protesting everything. <laughs> I said, I said, well, John, yeah, you, you know, what specific, you can't just protest everything. I said, what, what specifically he goes, I'm protesting that that ball uh, should have been dead. That, that, that the rule is that ball is dead. And I said, well, it, it's not, um, <laughs> but, but the, you know, that's a legitimate protest. I mean, as far as uh uh, so now I have to go back to the headphone. I'd already gone there once to, you know, make sure we had the right thing. So it was a delay. It was, it took a long time. It was intense time. You know, people are booing and throwing shit and, 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 and carry on. We had two ejections uh, from the dugout, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, sniping us uh, from the dugout that uh, uh, my partners, 
you know, picked up and, you know, took care of that. And through this whole thing, I realized at one point, I realized, and this is so funny, Russell Martin never said a word. Wow. He never argued. Mm. He never, he never questioned it. He, ne- he, all he did was sit back as all this turmoil is going on. And he just said, and let me explain something to you. Russell Martin comments on everything. Okay. Uh-huh. Russell Martin will, when he's catching, will let you know every time when he thinks you screwed up a pitch and when he's hitting, he'll do the same thing. And, and from the dugout, he's known to chirp. I mean, Russell Martin is not afraid to express himself uh-huh. and he didn't say a word. And, and at one point during all this mayhem, I, I noticed, I just happened to notice that like over John's shoulder and, and, and just how he was mute. And I thought, well, now I know we got this right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You know, I mean, I, now, now I know not that, you know, most of the time guys don't know the rules really anyway, but, but it was just one of those, uh, like an, an epiphany, if that's the right, if that's the right uh, word usage, it was like, <laughs> I had to get this right now. Cause if Russell Martin, who did this, uh, isn't yelling and screaming and complaining, uh, and and offering his uh, you know assistance, uh, it's a pretty good idea. You know, yeah. uh, uh, showing there that that he does that he he knows that he screwed up. Just sitting there hoping that maybe somebody can kind of convince you to overcome his fuck up. Which yeah, yeah, man, that's yeah, and and as it turned out, Batista did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we moved to the bottom of the inning. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, as as you discussed before, you know, it's it's the Rangers have taken the lead in for the Blue Jays, the worst possible way to lose an elimination game possibly. Uh, right. It's like, a, it's like a, I'm talking about hockey. It's like a scoring in your own goal, you know, yeah. accidentally, you know, hitting the puck in your own goal or something. Yeah. Own goal is a great comp. So then the Rangers maybe, and most likely overcome a bit by the moment, three consecutive errors to start the inning and Toronto ends up tying it on a bloop that falls in, but then there are two outs, Batiste at the plate and then unloads on yeah on one and it's gone the second it leaves the bat like you know yeah. immediately yeah i think and it was he, gone before it hit the bat i mean <laughs> yeah. it was like it was, like, it was you know the, sometimes when a guy you know hits one out uh, i mean you know, there's sometimes you, i mean you just know it immediately it's just it's that's gone mm-hmm. and every once in a while you go that's gone and the wind holds it up or something it, it's not quite as you know what you thought and then of course here's the ones that there's no way oh my god it went you know that one was gone i mean mm-hmm gone <laughs> but that was the frustration of that entire inning coming out on that poor baseball in that moment right, right. and as an umpire you got to watch the ball when it leaves the bat but did you see the flip when it took place yeah well uh, i do have to watch the ball but it was not a fair foul situation and and it wasn't my uh, jurisdiction so it, but 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 everything was right in front of me and i i took off my mask i was kind of watching and and out of the corner of my eye i you know i, I just kind of saw i looked and i saw you know the wow. boom you know the the flip and I and the first thing I thought to myself was, well, this could be fun. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, this could be fun uh, because uh, you know I didn't know if there would be any repercussions, but I I certainly made a note of it, uh, like you know, like we should. You always have uh, certain you know certain home runs happen or whatever, red flags or yellow flags, so to speak. That uh, if you if you see a, a hitter showboating a little bit, or if you hear a pitcher screaming or something, you know. You just you just mark it because uh, it may blow up then it may blow up later it may not blow up at all but but just you know you're, you're, you want to be aware of it but uh, yeah I saw the flip and I just thought wow this you know and it was thunder the 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 the, the noise yeah was 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 uh, deafening in in that part I mean, you can only insane. imagine like maybe the Joe Carter home run might have been louder but yeah right it, it, totally insane and 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 I I've talked to some people that I know in Toronto that were at the game. Uh, even even people that were nothing, but it was a one of the 
uh, most exciting uh, talked about moments in Blue Jay baseball history. I mean, obviously yeah. the Joe Carter one uh, was huge and, and, and they, you know, they won two world championships and, and that kind of stuff. I, I did some uh, work for a, a sports net up there in, in Canada uh, last year, a little bit uh, where uh, they had heavy on the uh, uh, pregame show uh, once in a while when the, an umpire thing came up or whatever, but they, you know, I mean, they, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't mean this, but I mean, I'm known up there only because of that game. If people mm-hmm. talk about that game, uh, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the baseball history in Toronto isn't like in, in the United States. I mean, there's, there's, you know, used to be two teams, only one, and, and they, you know, won two championships or whatever. It's not as rich for sure, but that uh, nationwide, I, I did some stuff, uh, some radio stuff for a Vancouver station, uh, in 2018 and, and, you know, they, they still, I mean, that is, that's a big deal, you know, yeah. uh, for, 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 for Toronto fans. And, uh, but it was, it was definite. And I, and, and I thought, man, you know, this, we're still the seventh, we still have a couple <laughs> innings to go. Uh, and with the bat flip and with the, you know, the whole thing and just the way the the whole thing played out. I mean, the, the Rangers are a pretty good defensive team mm-hmm. and they just, booted the ball all over the place that, oh, Andrews yeah. is a fine defender and he was yeah, the one yeah. in every one of those plays yeah yeah absolutely. so it was just a just a uh you know that's that's why you play games I mean that's yeah. that's the beauty of baseball I mean you, you know you, sometimes we you feel like with, uh, with with analytics and with stats or whatever you, it, it's well on paper here here well they should win four to one okay let next okay they should win you know I mean it's like it's like we're we're we're, we're getting you know, but that's why you play the games in any sport. That's why you play because you never, ever. It's one of the things I love about umpiring. Um, you know, you walk on the field. It's the same game that you've been working for year after year after year. You know, almost 4,000 big league games. Uh, same rules. You know, it's what you've been doing since I was 15 years old. But every day is a new day. You never know what's going to happen. It could be a no hitter. It could be a perfect game. It could be a 17 to 16 nine inning game it could be a uh, uh, two triple plays that happened to me once in Fenway the two oh, triple wow. plays in a game uh, it could it could be uh, a bat flip a, a, a three error inning it could be a, a catcher trying to throw the ball routinely to the pitcher and hits the bat and goes up there and scores scores a go ahead run you never ever know what you're gonna ha- what's gonna happen mm-hmm. when you walk on that field and, and so you have to be as an umpire you have to be ready for for anything yeah it is the best damn feeling knowing for every game you go to that this could be that game where yeah, it just goes into complete insanity because baseball, and that's what happens. And uh, yeah, looking yeah. forward to another 162 games of that this year. Hopefully, going forward. <laughs> Dale, do you have yeah. anything to plug while I still have you here? What's that? Do we have plug? anything to plug while I still have you here? Well, uh, I have a book. You mentioned it. We don't yeah. have a title yet. Um, I uh, I have a working title. It's uh, I blew the call of the catcher too. <laughs> <laughs> Daring you to keep that? Oh my God. Oh. Well, that, that would be a that would be a crossover across the country. My God, it's a it's a it's a crossover book. All the all the baseball <laughs> fans want to know what call I blew, and then all the gay <laughs> fans want to know. Well, whatever. But uh, it's uh, uh, that's the working title. I don't think that'll be our final title. Then that's the uh, Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> uh, Rob Nyer, who lives here in Portland, uh, I've known Rob uh, Rob for several years. I helped him actually. Uh, he interviewed me on a book that he wrote a couple a few years ago. Uh, and it just kind of came to play. I, I, I had said uh, when I retired, I was not going to write a book. Other guys have written books. Uh, it, it, they're entertaining, some more than others. You know, a lot of stories, a lot of the, of the stories, about 20% are true, <laughs> you know, but they're good stories. Yep. Um, 
I just thought, you know, but but I had several people tell me you have a unique story. You're not just an umpire in that career, but of course, coming out and and and, and your life as a gay man, uh, both hiding it and then and coming out and, and the whole thing. And the more I thought about, it, and, and then Rob, uh, uh, we had lunch, and he mentioned that he goes, "You're going to write a book?" I said, "I don't, I don't plan on." It. He goes, "Well, if you wrote a book, I would read it. I mean, I I would be so you know." And I go, "Really? Why?" And he, you know, we talked anyway. Uh, we, we finally got a, a publisher. We, we, we looked around, it took a while, but we're in the middle of it. Um, we, uh, they want the manuscript, uh, in April of this year. And, uh, probably, uh, right now, tentatively, we're talking about a, a, a release of April of next year, right? Awesome. Right, right at the beginning of the season. Excellent. Can't wait for April, 2022 to see that then. That's so hopefully it'd be a huge, huge seller. Huge. I mean, as we've talked about through the episode, and you have a story that is impactful and goes well beyond the game, and it's a story that should be told, and you, you've seen the impact of it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I went from I'm never going to do that to I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. It's a whole different. Um, my, I mean, I've, you know, I've never. I mean, it's there's a lot more to it than just. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a it's been an education, been a process, uh, but I'm looking forward to it, and and I and hopefully, uh, you know, it'll uh, maybe it'll touch some other lives. Who knows? Who knows? You know. As a reader, I can't wait as well. And uh, yeah, so Dale Scott, we've been talking for almost two hours. I haven't booed once, and it's been phenomenal. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I can't anytime, anytime. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll see you in Chicago. <laughs>